0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing.
1: All right, everybody. It's our second hour as we continue all the way till 3 right here on the Big Talker 1700. Jim and Trent Condon. And you can always get in on the show at 264-1700. Right now, special guest Alex Halstead. Twenty-four-seven cyclone alert is where you can get all of your terrific cyclone information. He comes to us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Hello, Alex. Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, let's start with a couple of basketball, <coughs> excuse me, issues. And the first one, and it seemed like it wasn't really that big of a shocker. Michael Jacobson, former Waukee star transferring from nebraska now he's an iowa state cyclone
2: yeah it wasn't a a crazy shock i think to most people who have been uh trying to follow this basketball recruiting stuff closely the last six weeks or so um obviously jacobson um transferred from nebraska well over a month ago and um he had mentioned or he hadn't mentioned but there were some rumors out there that he was interested in Iowa state even back then and things kind of slowly progressed but he visited Iowa state on May 13th unofficially, and really in the last week or so since then, the the 10 days since then, um, his name's been floating around that this was probably going to happen. I think, um, you know, he might have been uh, away for a little bit, and so it didn't become official until yesterday. But, um, yeah, like you said, not a big shocker, but I think a, a nice addition for Iowa State in terms of getting a role player that will have to sit out next year and then have two years left. But, you know, he he's produced in the Big Ten – and kind of gives him that forward depth that can play defense, uh, rebounds really well. And then uh, he told me yesterday he wants to really use this year off to improve his offensive game.
3: Well, and certainly an opportunity for him to do that, very efficient on the rebounding aspect, both offensively and defensively. And he's a kid that shot it very well in high school. We just took a look at his numbers a little bit ago, Alex. And his senior year, he shot 37% from downtown. If he could expand that game, fill out, and maybe be a compliment inside to Solomon Young, that uh, junior class that'll be there in two years is looking pretty good inside.
2: Yeah, he's got you know the good size at 6'9", 240. And, and like you said, out of high school, you know I think he scored 1200 plus points at Waukee, and um it, by 24 7 he was the top player in that 2015 class out of the state of iowa and it was interesting iowa state actually offered him in football uh, coming out of high school he decided to play basketball and go to nebraska but it's kind of crazy he said how things kind of come full circle like that but in terms of what he brings like you said i think last year uh, more than the two years combined he, he he started in 56 of the 65 games yep. he played in for nebraska including all 31 games last year as a starter and Averaged six points and uh, like six point two rebounds per game, but in the Big Ten in Big Ten play, he averaged six point five rebounds a game, which was tenth in the Big Ten, and was the second best rebounder offensively um, in the Big Ten. So, like you said, he he brings that, and he's proven he can shoot. And I think um, you know this year off, you know that year off that sit out year uh, can really help players. And while Mario Shayak wants to work on his three point shot, Jacobson probably wants to work on you know some some of his mid range and things closer to the basket, but. Both of those guys could really benefit from your year off, and uh, Steve From said last week, not referencing Jacobson, obviously, but that that gold team, that scout team, could really help Iowa State too. Because now you guys, or now they have you know Jacobson and Jayak, two guys uh, who have played at a high level, uh, going against guys like Terrence Lewis and Lindell Wiggins in practice, which um, that's kind of something that sometimes gets overlooked. But that could also help Iowa State immediately.
1: Uh, we're having a conversation with Alex Halstead on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Okay mcneil is a different story and trent and i uh opened the show today by discussing jacobson and then mcneil it's not official yet when do you think iowa state will officially release mcneil
2: well the the big thing with that is they have to get the official paperwork and then process it and it sounded like as of the beginning of the week they still haven't gotten any paperwork obviously um it seemed like a rush decision that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit um he he told me Friday he had asked out of his uh, letter of intent, asked for his release, and Pro made comments yesterday. I think it was that he didn't hear from his mom and, about getting out of that release until Saturday. So obviously the weekend helped things up, and I assume um, that all that's going to probably go ahead. It's kind of hard to go back on asking for a release, you know, because if, if if you're already unsure about going to a school before you get there, it probably doesn't make sense for them to even try to repair that and bring him because. you you might just end up transferring anyways. So, you know, I think it will go forward. It's just a matter of getting that paperwork and a matter of how Iowa State deals with it. They could block it and, you know, he'd have to go, say, sit out a year or they could just give him his release. And I assume they'll give him his release, but uh, I guess you never really know for sure.
3: Alex, uh, some talk of somebody connected to his AAU program, uh, getting a job out at Cal. There's a lot of people making that connection what have you been able to unearth there and a possibility of maybe a little tampering going on with the McNeil case?
2: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I think, you know, the the, the strangest thing is, you know, I, I didn't talk to him probably for about a month, but, you know, he was really excited about playing with Lindell and he talked about how they could be a really good backcourt in the Big 12 for years to come. And even as, you know, just as recently as I think 10 days ago, he's you know, retweeting Iowa State Men's basketball stuff about himself and the team. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 days later after that, you know, he just suddenly asked out of his release. And so three weeks before he was supposed to get here, you know, they start classes June 12th. He'd been committed since uh, September 5th, signed since the first days of November. So you can go nine months or seven months, whichever you want to pick. But either way, it's quite a long time to be committed. And then all of a sudden passed out, like you said, his AAU coach, or I'm not sure if this is a coach or just someone associated with his program, uh, is now an assistant coach. He got hired at Cal in April. Um, That's been one thought. You know, that coach, I think, um, played a role in him, you know, eventually going to Iowa State um, in terms of, you know, they had good relationships there, obviously. And, you know, now obviously he's at Cal. So we'll find out where McNeil maybe ends up. But uh, definitely a strange situation because you don't see a lot of decommitments in basketball to begin with but especially this close to signing or this close to arriving Mm -hmm. and after being committed for nine months is pretty surprising.
1: Alex, uh, I I do find it interesting that that is the case. However, we see a case right now going on in Pittsburgh and Trent and I talked about the Jared Utah situation that took place when he wanted out at Wisconsin and what Bo Ryan tried to do and public pressure finally squashed all of that. Uh, Isn't it better to once the paperwork is filed, just to cut bait and quickly move on?
2: That's what I assume they'll do. And, you know, a, a letter of intent works a little bit different than a transfer. The transfer, you can uh, restrict specific schools. Most schools seem to restrict, um, you know, either teams on their schedule for the upcoming season or a lot of them, like you said, restrict uh, them from going to another conference. I know. Uh, Mikhail McIntosh from Illinois State. Obviously, he's still has to make a decision if he wants to stay in the draft, but I heard Iowa State was blocked from him because they might play Illinois State uh. next year in that tournament in Florida. So, you know, schools do that, and that's different for transfers, but when you look at a letter of intent based on I went and re- looked at the rules, you either have to give them a full release or you have to block them, and then they either come to your school or sit out a year. So you can't block specific schools where, you know, Say, you know, Trent mentioned Cal. Iowa State couldn't block just Cal. They'd either have to give him a release or just block him from getting out altogether. So I imagine the easier route is just to give him the release.
3: Just move on from that one. Well, Alex, when we talked a week ago, every week it's something different here. This has been, we knew it was going to be somewhat of a wild ride with four open scholarships in the spring signing period. But, Alex, <laughs> uh, back when we started this whole thing about, what, a month and, month and a half ago, we could have never envisioned anything quite like this, right?
2: Yeah. You know, we, like you said, we started this spring talking about four scholarships and now we're in late May and they've added four players. They've added Jeff Beverly and Hans Brace and uh, Michael Jacobson and Mario Shayok. So they've added the four players and now they still got two left, assuming that McNeil um, situation gets finalized. So it's been kind of crazy. You know, they're going to go into next season uh, assuming they fill both of these final two spots with, eight of 13 players being new to the program. So it's going to be a complete turnover. Um, I think the thing for them now is, you know, Prom has said it to be patient because you don't want to go and feel like you're rushed and have to just take a guy just to take him. And then, you know, a year from now, feel like that guy didn't work in your program. Um, it kind of happened a little bit with Ray Cassango, I think, but they don't want to necessarily have that situation again, where, you know, like Prohm said, there's teams that go into the season with an open scholarship or two. You know, you're you're only playing so many guys. I think they probably for sure like to get to 10 eligible players because right now when you look at their 11 scholarship players, nine of them can play next year. Two of them have to sit out. You probably want to get to at least 10, but if you have an open spot going into the fall, it's not the worst thing in the world because they can use that for mid-year, which, um, you know, last year there were some good menus out there and they couldn't take one. So that's not the worst thing in the world, but they probably want to add at least one more body um, somewhere by the end of the summer. Is it, is it just
3: Alex? Uh, guard is something that I know we've talked about in the past, somebody to help out in that backcourt. Is it uh fifth year probably is what they're looking to go at, somebody that will be eligible right away in the backcourt? Is that what you're thinking if they're just looking at one more?
2: Yeah, it's been interesting because before the McNeil stuff came out, there were, I'd heard some stuff that they were getting closer with the graduate transfer, and it wasn't necessarily a guard. Hmm. Um, it was more of a forward, but it could be a guy that could play on the wing. Obviously, now that McNeil won't likely be in this class, I think and if say they do take that person who I haven't got a ton of details on that, but say they take that person, I think they would then go after a guard to replace mcneil and pro made comments about how they'd love to get somebody on the perimeter for next year, but it would be ideal if they could get someone that's not just next year but a little bit longer term you know if they can still go get um you know I don't know what kind of Jukos are out there, but if they could get a player that has a couple years left or, or that sort of thing, uh, it kind of helps your program. Because say you do take two more grad transfers, all of a sudden your 2018 class is back to five scholarships, and mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of back in the same boat as you were this year.
1: How has the uh, football caravan been? How, uh, what, what do your reports tell you?
2: Well, I made a, I made a couple stops just uh, that time of year where I kind of get the house cleaning stuff, and um, hasn't been a ton of news, but the turnouts have been uh, really good. I went to Clear Lake, and there probably four or five hundred people there i think at the surf ballroom and um so so good reports in terms of uh people getting out you know we've had a chance to talk to Campbell about a few things mostly it's just odds and ends this time of year uh he, he talked about how they'd like to change the identity of their uniforms still whether that's this year or the year after and things like that but um the football side has been a little less news this spring than, than the basketball side
3: alex halstead joining us here as we talk some iowa state well uh, numbers starting to trickle out here. The magazines are on the newsstands. Uh, I think I saw Athlon was out there, and it seems like there is a, a little bit of regional and national buzz for Iowa State. A lot of people nationally talking about them at the very least becoming bowl eligible this season. Uh, you hear the same kind of things, uh, not just from our local level here, Alex, but but people across your landscape that they're twenty four seven sports.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of more. A lot more people are looking at. Looking at that and, and some of the, their games as more of a, a toss up and say the other team being favored, uh, a much more competitive game. You know, when I've looked at, you know, some of um, the sites at 24 7, it's interesting to see their perspective. Uh, they've done some things about spring outlooks of other teams and, you know, just the fact that they're going to have Jacob Park for a full year with what he did last year, I think it draws a lot of attention that their offense could be pretty formidable offense when you look at Jacob Park and then you got David Montgomery and Mike Warren in your backfield, two guys that have. Uh, full years of Big 12 experience now under their belt. Um, Alan Lazard going into his senior year, um, trying to really showcase himself even more. DeSante Jones in, with a full year. As long as that offensive line kind of holds up, you know, a lot of people think that the offense could be pretty good. It's going to be the question of what can they, what can that defense do in the Big 12, and um, so that's kind of the big question, and um, that kind of starts on that defensive front. And uh, I talked to Kamilo Tangamora last night, and that's going to be the big question. Is He's going to take a summer session in June to finish up Juco. He's still aiming to be at Iowa State in July, but um, if that all goes according to plan, they they could have some good peace on the defensive line. Uh, If he gets here too late to, uh, say, play next year because he could still redshirt, maybe that changes things a little bit. But I think a lot of the questions next year kind of start with the defense if that offense can stay healthy.
1: Um, Alex, um some places in Vegas have come out with their over-unders. It's about five and a half right now for Iowa State. Um, look, I know you're a homer guy, and that's what you're in the business of doing, but do you play the under or the over at five and a half?
2: I'd probably take, as of today, I'd probably take the under until I see them play. I think, you know, seen, I think I saw that five and a half out there. I would have thought it would be more like four and a half because then you have to pick, you know five or four and the five would still put you on the verge of a bowl game and that's kind of where i am is where i think they could be at that that five if they can be at that five mark late into the season and give themselves a chance that's kind of where they might get to the bowl game this year um but i think it kind of all starts with how how do they start that schedule because like we talked about before i think you for sure have to beat akron and and you and i and if you beat iowa um the years they go three and 0 that really sets you up to do something if you start one and two non-conference that kind of sets you back right away as we've um, seen in you know last year and years past so uh, there's definitely big 12 games out there for them to get though you know whether it's Kansas uh, Texas Tech has lost two big receivers just since the season ended to transfer Uh, Baylor's going to have some questions although they bring in a a quarterback that I think should be able to get them through things and they get Texas first game at home um, with a new coaching staff so it's going to be interesting I think there's big 12 games out there for them to win but they got to kind of have get off to a fast start to build some of that momentum.
3: Finally, uh, one more on the recruiting front. We've talked quite a bit here over this month of Real Mitchell, the quarterback from California that has committed to Iowa State. Uh, pretty big honors coming your way. He's going to be mm-hmm. heading to the Elite Eleven mm-hmm. camp.
2: Yeah, that's you know big for them uh, or big for him, I guess. And there's 25 quarterbacks going this year. It Typically, ranges from I think 12 to 24 that go to the finals, and then the 11 go to the opening in uh Oregon, you know later in the month of June and into July, so you know but he's just going to that is quite an honor to be regarded as you know really one of the top twenty five quarterbacks in the country and a guy that you know I think I wrote when he committed is Iowa State's third highest rated quarterback commit in the last decade, uh only to i think uh Steele jance and Grant Roachs and um Rohats obviously. You know, did had a couple of good games that Iowa State ended up transferring, and, and Steel Chance, I think, the same thing where he had some games that he's known for. But, you know, Mitchell has that kind of talent where he could be a really good player, and uh, I know Iowa State's really excited to uh, have him. And, you know, he got an offer from Kansas State last Friday, and I think other schools could keep coming in. But uh, right now he's been recruiting for Iowa State and seems pretty solid, uh, which is good news for them going into the summer.
1: Always good, man, when we have you on the show. Thank you as always, Alex. You have a great day.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your week. Okay, you too.
1: Alex Halstead, 24-7 Cyclone Alert, right here on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Be interesting. I mean, look, this we really don't know what Iowa has. We really don't really know what Iowa State has this year. What do you mean? As far as football and the when the point spreads have come out, the over-unders anyway... I thought Alex made a good point. God, I'd like to see them at least once before I make that determination. <laughs> if it's over or under, <laughs> hindsight is always 20-20. Yeah, yes, it mean, is. Th- yeah, boy, if I could bet after oh, the games, yeah. I'd, I'd be making a lot of money. You would be. It's <laughs> not how it works. You, you wouldn't be doing this show either. That's You'd very be true. Be on an island if in, I, the if in the Atlantic. In the Atlantic? Why the Atlantic? It's warmer. Really? Water's warmer in the Atlantic than in the Pacific. Yeah, Yeah, unless you're over by Hawaii. It's warm there. (laughs) Oh, Jimmy. I I know all this firsthand information. I'm just telling you.
3: You're an encyclopedia, that That, is for sure. uh, It means you're old
1: and you haven't been open for a long time. (laughs) All right, quick break after that. What a shot over the bow. Uh, We're coming right back. It's the Big Talker, seventeen hundred.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and T.C. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Trust,
3: quality, value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs,
4: Auto What sets us apart from all the other car dealerships of Des Moines is that we're the largest
5: independent in Iowa. We sell more cars than any other independent in Iowa. And the reason we do is because we have cars from 5000 to 20000 At that price range, no one compares to us. If you're looking for a used car and you don't shop at Tom's Auto Sales, you are making a big mistake. Tom's
6: Auto Sales. Hey, your new to you ride is here. At Tom's Auto Sales, you'll find great prices and the best selection of quality used vehicles around. And as Iowa's largest independent used car dealer, we can offer vehicles in the five dollars to $6,000 range. Four to 500 cars, trucks, and SUVs in stock. That's Tom's Auto Sales. Three locations just off 235 on East University Avenue, and one location just south of 8035 on Merle Hay Road. Check us out at tom'sautogroup.com. That's tom'sautogroup.com. Tom's Auto Sales! You'll remember the times you eat at Sam and Gabe's. Why, you ask? Because each meal is prepared and crafted with the finest ingredients by Sam and Gabe's experienced chefs, well-known in central Iowa for steaks, handmade pasta dishes,
1: specialty pizzas, and, of course, the incomparable Steak de Burgo. Join them in Urbandale for dinner, Sunday brunch, and live music, or dine with them for lunch or dinner in the East Village. Private event rooms are also available. Reserve your table at SamandGabes.com. You'll remember the times you eat at Sam and Gabe's. It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines.
0: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and
1: TC. All right, everybody, welcome back in. Uh, did you see where former Cyclone David Irving, who was uh, a, an important part of the defense last season for the Dallas Cowboys, yes, yes. suspended now for four games? Whoops. What he do? Little ped action. Yeah. However, he was taking a supplement, <laughs> which he isn't, which he is endorsing. <laughs> and the league busted no him. Way. Yes. No. Yes. That's way. from yes, the way. onion.
3: That's no. not a true story. Wait. 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 So he's taking a product. Yes. And endorsing it. Yes. That isn't legal
1: to take if you're an NFL football Apparently player. Apparently not. Apparently it's got some PED stuff get, in where it. Where are you getting this? Got right? it off the Twitter today. From who? Dallas. Out of Dallas. From who in Dallas? Well, I'd have I mean, to go back it, and it, is look. Is it some
3: drunken buffoon sitting on no, another... no, no, no. Like a reporter from down there. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why I found it. That <laughs> no way. Yeah. So, David Irving. Facing four game suspension for PED usage, ESPN. Yeah, yeah, I saw that part of okay. it. Okay. I got that part. Yeah. But he's
3: endorsing a product. Correct. That is illegal.
1: Well, I don't think he knew it was illegal. <laughs> Where's his agent here? I... <laughs> Where... It stems from an over the counter substance Irving used in an attempt to endorse the product okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Hey, I'm not just a pretty face here, okay? Not
3: that, but...
1: <coughs> he was not carrying a stop sign when this took place. It's true. It's true. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A source said the
3: issue stems from an over-the-counter substance yes. Irvin used in an attempt to endorse Your, the product. product. So he's trying it out. Yeah. See endure, what it could do. See if it would, if he would endorse it. Uh, well, hopefully it worked well,
1: at the very <laughs> least. Because he got suspended. He got
3: suspended out of it, so hopefully it pumped him up. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy? So
3: we laugh about stories like this. Yep. But if this same conversation was happening in baseball, everybody would be up on Mount Pius. Oh, I know. Talking down, oh, this awful. Per- Why? Why is it that way? It's the same in every sport. It doesn't matter. You think nobody, has there ever been a suspension for PEDs in the NBA?
1: Well, there has been. No, well, there has been for drugs. Yeah, right. That's, but, but no. yeah, but not PEDs. God, I don't so recall. So you're telling me. I don't recall that. Right. Yeah. You're telling me. Yeah.
3: And a collection of the best athletes in any sport, in my mind, is the NBA. Yes. Out of that whole group. Yes.
1: That Nobody. Ever has taken a performance-enhancing drug. Ever. Can I just sit here and laugh at that? I mean, I know. Ever? It's never happened. We've never seen a suspension. I haven't
3: seen it for PEDs, no. For performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, we're not talking about uh, John Lucas snorting some stuff back in the day.
1: Michael Ray Richards. Right, right,
3: right. We're not going down the Roy Tarpaulier route. We're talking about... Performance enhancing drugs. Exactly. And it's never happened in a sport that plays back to backs, plays four nights and four days, right. a lot of travel. Yep. You're running on hardwood. Yep. All these things, the bumps that take that you take throughout. Mm-hmm. And never once not to my recollection. Has there been a suspension? You know how dumb that is? I'm gonna let me just And yet some, some guy that, gets man, I'm check something here for yeah. taking some stupid supplement in baseball, and he gets an 81 game suspension, or even if he's just going old school and he's writing it up and he's putting it right in the vein, who cares? We get all worked up about that.
1: Richard Lewis. Okay. PEDs. All right. I just uh, I went to this. How long ago is this? Uh, well, Richard Lewis probably quit playing four years ago, so that's maybe? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah? 2012. Yeah, or right in yeah. there. Yeah. Four or five. Okay, so there's one. Okay. Uh, defined in the 2005 collective bargaining agreement. So they nabbed one. So they got Richard Lewis. All right, the guys that we just mentioned, Michael Ray Richardson. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remembered Chris Anderson. Yep. Now yep. now that rings a bell. Okay. He was not doing anything to enhance his performance, though. It says here it was. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, Latrell Sprewell. Okay. Yeah. Gilbert Arenas. Gotcha. That's about it, though. I mean, that's a very small list. Right. That's that's
3: where I'm getting to, Jimmy B. Yeah. Is in this sport, with the demands on it, you got nothing. Football, yeah, we hear these stories. They come up, and they're laughed off in four games. I mean, we got guys running at each other full speed. But baseball, when it happens in baseball, so what is it, Jimmy B? You've been around for a while. What is it? Why is it? That when these things happen in baseball, you have to read... You got the latest column about why this is awful for baseball, right? all these different things. Is it just the numbers? Because there has to be more than that.
1: It's the sanctity of the game. The sanctity. The purity. The the unwritten rules of baseball. It's terrible. It's terrible. I Look, I... I don't get where baseball the writers feel like they're holier than thou. And I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna do this because you can't cheat. Well, okay, they did something to enhance their bodies, but they still have to hit the ball. It's the toughest thing in major league sports to do. Don't we both agree with that? Correct. Yes is hitting a, a fastball or a 98-mile-per-hour a fastball or a curveball that just bails you right out of the box. Toughest thing in sports. For some reason, it is the sanctity and purification of the game. It's, uh, I, it's I, I, don't, I struggle with it. I do, too. That's it's, why, that's why I, I, I don't have a big bitch about... The P.E.D. era. It happened. Major League Baseball, let it happen. Let it happen. It took place. It's part of baseball lore. We know that. And people can say, well, they were all cheating. Well, yeah, they all were. Yeah. It wasn't like it was just two or three
3: guys. They were all cheating. And you know what? Babe Ruth, <laughs> he didn't have to see African-American players. No, he did and not. And... Most people in baseball through the first half of the, uh, see, century, the 1900s, yeah, yeah. didn't have to see anybody right. with uh, lighter skin than you or me. Correct. <laughs> I, mean, I know. They, there was very few players from what dominates the sport these days down in, in the And the Dominican, Caribbean. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, they didn't have to play with those guys. Right. So now, what are we getting into here? It, is it a racial component? I mean, think <sighs> of the sport and, and think of the, where the sport is the today. Key. Are you saying PEDs as a racial no, no, component? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. No, no. Is it these people, the sacrimonious
1: people oh, okay. looking
3: down yes. and trying to keep these records? Well, look at these shortcuts these people of today are taking. Oh, I see. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And we have to keep the Mickey Mantles and the Babe Ruths of the world, their records that they accomplished. Because there's, there's something more than just strictly the numbers. And it, it's a terrible, it's a very uncomfortable subject to bring it, is. it up that way. Yes. But I just wonder, because the different things we we look at and you talk about, they just don't add up. Just the numbers. Well, there's numbers in all kinds of sports, the numbers that matter mm-hmm. in all kinds of sports. Yeah, the home run record is one thing, but I come back to that and, and I just wonder and certainly hope it's not the case, but at least needs to be brought up, right? I mean, it's fair to bring it up. Neither of us have the actual answer to it. No.
1: But what else is there? I, I I don't know. I didn't think of the racial undertones, if that was the case or not, to be honest with you. It didn't cross my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean neither one of us think like that. No, we, no. We don't have those issues. Um now that you mention it, maybe. Maybe I got you may, thinking. maybe yeah you did. I mean, maybe there's something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't just black guys that use PEDs. Right, right. A lot of white guys use PEDs. Yes, yeah. Was it just guys it, that are it, it, that are from the Caribbean? Hispanics use yeah. the PEDs. Right, right. Caribbean guys use the PEDs. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, PEDs don't see race. <laughs>
3: <That's>, <laughs> sounds like a T-shirt. <laughs> they don't. Well, we're gonna go from this uh, uncomfortable subject, Ew, and boy. we're gonna talk more about the NFL. Yeah, David Irving aside,
1: see, you thought ridiculous. you thought I was jobbing you there? I,
3: I didn't know. I I figured it was a real story. It just it sounds fake, fake news. Fake. <laughs> no. It sounded like no, this fake is, news. is real.
1: This is real news. He's taking Don, a supplement done by
3: a real reporter that, he, that he's trying out to see if it is something that he
1: wants to endorse. Endorse, yeah. And it's illegal by yeah. the NFL. They, well, that's his story. Yeah. I mean, they probably said, "Hey, try this product." You know what, pal? That, you can that's it. better if that is just a story, because we've heard
3: a lot of stories, and it was a lot of, "Oh, I made a mistake." It was an over-the-counter supplement. I like this story a lot more. Yeah, I do At too. least he's thinking outside the box yeah. if it is a story. Yeah, better it, than the garbage that we normally get. Oh, yeah. Well, it was Adderall. It was a oh, don't, <laughs> don't get me started on uh, I'm, I'm Adderall. Start, oh okay. man, all right, so those that yeah. that excuse annoys me, oh, me to too. no end, and. For the people that actually need the drug and to just go down that line. And
1: it's something that is completely overused, but
3: a conversation for For another another day, as they say.
1: Uh, Alex, I'm not sorry. Ryan Van Bibber is going to be our guest. We're going to jump into the NFL quickly before we go. Yes. Can we give a quick shout out to Jake Adams, uh, the Big Ten Conference Baseball Player of the Year, and the home run king in the Big Ten Conference as well for the
3: Hawks. Yeah, 24 bombs on the season. The Hawkeyes, tomorrow night, they play Maryland to kick off the Big Ten tournament. He's a big bopper out there. He is. Played up at Mac. was on his way to North Dakota. Uh, sorry, Jake, turn the car around. Uh, you're going to have to find another place. We don't have a baseball program anymore. And found a spot in Iowa City. They had a little bit of scholarship money that came open, made his way there, and Going to finish up his season and more than likely going to be off to uh, the MLB Amateur Draft. As there you go. As a junior, go. he is draft eligible. Yes, he is. After his one year at Iowa, so uh, expect him to be chosen. I haven't heard much about him. Uh, there are some holes in that swing, even with the big bopper he is. Uh, but probably, I think I saw something maybe 15 to 20 round range, something like that. Okay. He'll be selected and uh, then have a decision. You know, Should he take the money or... Do you come back for your senior year? That's another decision that those guys have to make.
1: Okay. Quick break. We're coming right back. We'll talk NFL with Ryan Van Bibber on the Big Talker 1700. Hey,
0: it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Boom.
6: this long weekend start them both at the home depot with a DynaGlow five burner gas grill with side burner now just 179 dollars you save 20 bucks its five main burners offer plenty of firepower and its big grilling area covers a lot of burgers hot dogs and weekends get memorial day savings on a DynaGlow five burner gas grill now just 179 bucks only at the home depot more saving more doing while supplies last
2: Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for
5: your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on
2: fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com.
0: Napa know-how. That's not heavy metal music. Or the sound of a stray cat fight. It's your car's not-so-subtle way of saying, head to Napa for new brake pads and rotors and get up to a $50 rebate by mail. So don't confuse for anything other than new brakes and $50 bucks back by mail. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 5 17 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey talking about your
5: money and your life. You can do this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan debt or $27,000, whether you've got a $50,000 income or a $500,000 income.
0: Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon, sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it down. 3, 2, one to four hundred eighty dollars for TV, one hundred eighty dollars for internet equipment, non return Other fees and conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends one twenty one seventeen. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on seventeen hundred K B G G, live from the Wolf Construction studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: All right, everybody. We roll till uh, three o'clock today. Thank you for turning us on. Uh, it's always fun when Ryan Van Bibber comes on with us, SB Nation, uh, as we talk a little NFL with him. Uh, he comes to us on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how are you today? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, let's jump right in here. Your reaction to the approval. Of the NFL and the ten-minute overtime, and also Roger Goodell saying, "Okay, touchdown celebrations are okay." Well, I'll start with the overtime
7: because I think that one's kind of—I mean, pardon my friends but it's kind of BS. I mean, it's—it's—I uh, mean, it doesn't really—it it doesn't affect that many games. I mean, I think you know, there's one instance last year where uh... the Tampa Oakland game that would have shifted, and you had a Detroit in the playoffs instead of the Buccaneers, so. I mean, you throw in a little bit of a wild-card element like that, and, and, you know, there are, I think, less than 2% of the games in the last five years have gone to fifteen full 15 minutes of overtime. So, I mean, I think there will probably be more ties in the long run, not more ties that you would necessarily notice within uh, the course of a season. But it's just – I, I think the thing that stinks to me about it is the whole thing that it's done under the guise of player safety, which is – Understandable, but shaving off five minutes of an overtime game isn't really going to change player safety the way, say, you know, getting rid of Thursday night football was. <laughs> yes.
1: that's yes. not happening. Not happening. Exactly. They, they make way too much money on that. <laughs> they, not happening. Uh,
3: exactly. Ryan, how much? Uh, how much talk was there about adopting what to me is the best football system for overtime? What they have in the college game. Uh, you can adapt the rules a little bit. Maybe you have to start on the opponent's forty or thirty-five, something like that, as opposed to uh, the twenty-five we see at college. Uh, was there any consideration or much consideration given to that idea?
7: Not a lot. I mean, it's you. It's an idea that's sort of gathering steam. I mean, usually you know, coaches don't like ties necessarily, but I think that you know that's the kind of those are the kind of changes in the NFL where you know those come slowly in the NFL. I mean, it's a it's a league that doesn't like to change things too dramatically over time. So, I mean, it's something that may gather more steam, especially, uh, you know, we'll see how the current overtime rules impact ties and stuff in the regular season. But I think there's just some general hesitancy to go back to, you know, to to adopt anything like that. Although, I mean, I think there's a case to be
1: made for it, though. Ryan Van Bibbers, our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Okay, let's get in then to the uh, celebrations. Will we ever see Billy White Shoes Johnson leg dance? Will we ever see the Washington Redskins fun bunch again?
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a move in the right direction. It's one of those NFL things. I think it just, you know, there's still a a lot of pearl clutching in the league offices, so they're afraid to let let it get too far away from them. But, I mean, you you need these things in the game. I'm glad they eased up a little bit. I think it's group celebrations, and, you know, you don't have to worry about the ball being a prop anymore and getting a penalty for anything like that, you still can't do, you know, like Josh Norman's bow and arrow celebration or anything like that is still, or Antonio Brown's twerks and Michael Bennett's hip thrusting and things like that are still off limits, which, I mean, I understand their concern. It's also a little overwrought. I mean, this is why, you know, this is the stuff people love about the game. I mean, how many people remember the touchdown Randy Moss scored versus the the minnesota mooney did that in that game i mean you know it's this is what you know people watch these games because the players they love the players and the players have personalities i mean it's the it's that you know this is how you connect with the game not just you know by making these guys sort of you know their statistics in a fantasy football lineup um this is you know let let players be human beings and and fans are going to naturally gravitate to that we love that when our players act out like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's fun. It's funny. And if you're a fan on the opposing team, it gives you something, to, you know, it feeds that rivalry. So give the referee some discretion. I mean, you know, these are adults. They know how to hand- They can understand what's intended to be offensive and and violent versus what's intended to be a celebration and, and, and a, you know, just general trash talk between rivals. It's a violent game, and you're going to tell me that, you know, we're somehow making it less violent. By taking, you know, people's players' ability to shoot a bow and arrow, oh an imaginary bow and arrow yeah. into the sky, so
3: <laughs> it, it is absolutely ridiculous, and and maybe a step in the right direction, but we're not going to go full fledged. I saw some video uh, up on Facebook the other day of uh, a Japanese league. They take it to another level they over do. there with their celebrations. <laughs> we'll never get to that point, I don't think, here with the NFL. <laughs>
7: Yeah, and you know you too. You can't. I mean, I understand too. They they do have to consider TV time, and they can't let games bleed into three and a half, three three hour and forty five minute affairs because you know players are taking five minutes to celebrate a touchdown. Right, you know, so there's, right. there's a there's a line in the sand you got to draw there.
1: That's funny. Look, I remember there was these guys that uh, they were uh, internet sensations. They were like soccer players from a club team and they did all these goofy celebrations after they scored one was like they would uh, a, a guy would like pretend he was casting a line and the other guy be on the <laughs> ground and he'd flop like a fish coming to him and then the, and then the rest of the team would go over and pick him up and he'd be laying down in their arms like a trophy and the guy would take a photo of him uh, i mean i mean there's some funny stuff that you could really do well we're not we're not going to get to what we saw from a certain wide receiver in San Francisco and Philadelphia? Are we? Are they going to let a pen come out and sign autographs?
7: <laughs> well, and I can understand that too, because like you know, you know, if players are hiding pens in their socks, gosh, mm-hmm. knows what else they could stick in there. So, you know, I understand the you know bringing props onto the field of play is probably uh, uh, you know a, 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 a distinction they need to maintain for that. So. <laughs>
3: Ryan Van Biber joining us here. Well, Ryan, we've uh, we've talked a time or two since the NFL draft. Uh, there's still a couple of names out there, though, on the free agent wire that can be had. Do you expect uh, some of the guys that are sitting out there, we've found final decisions for Tony Romo, for Jake Cutler, as they move into the TV booth, but any free agent names that you're keeping your eye on right now?
7: Well, obviously the big names that are still getting a lot of attention out there are... Um, Colin Kaepernick and RG three. Mm-hmm. You know we've talked about Kaepernick on your show before, and I think that you know Kyle Shanahan made a pretty good point in regards to RG three. But I think it also applies to Kaepernick too. It's you know you you have to have these are talented guys. I don't think anyone questions that. I mean RG three, you have injury questions that you have to wonder about with him. I mean he's never really been healthy since his rookie season, so you know that's another issue you'd have to consider with him. But they you know at this point they they would be backup quarterbacks. And even if you did sign in to be a starter, you sort of have to have a system that fits their skills. I think Colin Kaepernick's a really talented quarterback. But I get Kyle Shanahan's point of you do have to shift how you play a little bit. So if you have a pocket, let's say you have Matt Ryan, or uh, you know, that sort of traditional pocket passer type quarterback, you bring in a backup like Colin Kaepernick or RG3, that puts you a little disadvantaged because you have to kind of run a different offense if those guys get out on the field and you don't really want to have to change everything for your backup quarterback. You also don't want to have to take, you know, the time to you don't really develop a veteran backup quarterback like these guys, like say, if you drafted a rookie and he's going to sit on the bench for a year or two behind, you know, an incumbent starter like that. But, you know, there's a consideration with, with guys like that. I mean, it it stinks because you would like for coaches and offenses to be flexible enough because both of those guys are exciting players when they're healthy and when they're on the field it's a better game. There's no question about that. But you kind of have to have a system to work with them in place to do that. I mean, I, let's see if this thing with Seattle plays out. And you saw Pete Carroll mention Kaepernick and NRG3 as intriguing backup options mm-hmm. for them because they don't have to. You know, they're a team that doesn't have to dramatically change how they play. Carolina is another good example. I mean, you know, you don't have to go from Cam Newton to Derek Anderson you know, at, at, at backup quarterback. So, I mean, I think those are those teams like that are always interesting fits for these guys. But the longer we go where they don't play, the less likely it becomes that they ever come back to the league. So we'll see what happens. But I think those are the, obviously the biggest names out there right now.
1: I got a kick out of uh, the OTAs and Ben Roethlisberger talking to the news media. <laughs> and he, and did you see this? You did, didn't you? And he said, he said, I'm a hundred percent sure I want to be a, a Steeler this season. And somebody asked him, "Did you really mean it?" And he says, "What? You think I was lying to you guys?" Uh, <laughs> Roethlisberger's he's he's a changed man a little bit. He, he's he's opened up a little more, and he's got a pretty good personality now.
7: Yeah, you know, and and you kind of wonder when he says stuff like that how how much credence to give the reports that he really considered retirement after the offseason. I mean, I, he was, you know, he's the kind of player that plays a style of, of football that that's not necessarily easiest on, on a man's body. So I think that, you know, when those rumors of retirement were floating around, I wasn't willing. I wouldn't have just waved him off, you know, because I think that as as the likelihood of it happening was pretty slim. But, I mean, you know, you've got to think it. As players get older and they know more about the risks of playing the game than they did 10, 15, 20 years ago, that's, you're going to see more players consider retiring earlier than, than they normally would have. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see all that play out. I think, you know, Roethlisberger, I don't know how much longer he'll play. It's, uh, you know, how much he he, he, uh, he gives the media in a, in a press conference after OTA. that will be right. interesting to
3: watch. Hey, uh, last thing for you, one other rule change. Uh, the cutdown. You know, normally we had the cutdown down to 70 players, then finally getting down to 53 before the season. Now it sounds like it's going to be one big one. Now, for young guys trying to make an impact, they're going to have more time in front of the coaches to try to show what they can do. But when that cutdown day comes, boy, uh, Ryan Van Biver, you're going to be busy over yeah. at SB Nation. <laughs>
7: Well, at least I don't have to do it twice in the same week. I guess that's sort of or in the same two-week window there. So, that's, uh, you know, I think that's the bright side if you're in the media, the end of the business here. But, I, you know, I, I guess it's easier from a coach's standpoint. You know, they feel like they can do all this at once, um, and then, you know, then you have some time to come out. And, you know, you, the guys that get cut in that first wave, you can't really do much with them until you make your second wave of cuts. So, Maybe they feel like this is a way to get their roster done. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting some of the roster roster related rules that they've changed. I don't that one doesn't. You know, I, I in, you know wear the media glasses. I can see the effect for me on that. But like, you know, the change to where you can bring two players back from injured reserve instead of one. I think that's a smart move. They need to start. You know, football's sixteen game season is different from baseball and different from other sports. In the injuries are different, and how these things work, and you got to get guys back on the field because, until you start to let the league expand the rosters, which I think is ultimately where they need to go, then you know you've got to kind of, you've got to be able to play fast and loose with some of these roster rules and injury injury reserve, injured reserve and, and the rules about things like that.
1: Always good, man. When you come on the show with us, we always appreciate talking NFL. It's going to be a an interesting summer here, especially when the OTAs and then the guys start to uh, head into training camp in late July. Thank you, Ryan.
7: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Halfway, halfway to the uh, yeah to the season.
1: You got it. There. Yeah. See you, bud. There you go. Bye, bye. Uh, Ryan Van Bibber, SB Nation, National Football League, on the Draft House Fifty Hotline. We're coming right back.
0: The big games play here westwood one sports on des
5: moines station for news talk sports 1700 kbgg
0: Can you finish this little ad phrase? Visa, it's everywhere you... Right, most people know it's everywhere you want to be. But this message isn't about Visa cards, it's about how your memory works. Why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It can make a good tune or a good idea stick. Now here's a question. Would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business sticky? you know, memorable and powerful, then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio, the power of sound.
4: Hi, this is Jeff Peterson. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the station, 331-9200. We're glad to share them. Guys don't really talk about antiperspirant. Despite that, 91% of Dove Men Plus Care users recommend it. Here's what they said. It blocks the, you know, perspiration I think is the fancy word. It's comfortable.
7: Uh, <laughs> it smells nice. My girl likes the smell. Well, it's,
4: it, uh, it's hard. I think it's quite masculine. Uh, my underarms aren't the worst thing at the gym. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam from the armpits, I guess. Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant. Tough on sweat, not on skin. This is Rob Doheny with Next Generation Realty. Welcome to the best real estate market since 2008. Why pay those overpriced 5 6 or 7% commissions? Next Generation Realty offers a flat fee as low as $39.90, and you get top exposure on Zillow, Trulia, plus all the services of a licensed real estate broker. The results speak loudly. We've saved our home sellers over 35 million dollars call next generation realty first 224-9900 save thousands
6: summer's almost here so is grilling season this long weekend start them both at the home depot with a DynaGlow five burner gas grill with side burner now just 179 dollars you save 20 bucks it's five main burners offer plenty of firepower and its big grilling area covers a lot of burgers hot dogs and weekends Get Memorial Day savings on a Dynaglow 5 burner gas grill, now just $179, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing, while supplies last. Afternoons, we
0: talk sports on 1700 KBGG with Jimmy B and TC, Des
1: Moines' savviest sports duo. The trick golf shot that I do have is when I hit it in the woods if I find it. If I find it in the woods, I'm good.
3: I've seen you golf. The trick shot for you is hitting the green of
0: regulation. There you go. Then join former pro Bowl running back Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney for the Tiki and Tierney Show and head into the evening with former registered sports writer Bill Ryder with Writer Than You on the Big Talker 1700 K. KB...
6: We used to think all lung cancer was the same.
7: But now we know there are several different molecular types of lung cancer.
6: By performing molecular testing on a lung cancer tumor, doctors can try to determine what's causing it to grow, which can help identify treatment options. Not all lung cancers are the same. Talk to your doctor to see if molecular testing is appropriate
7: for you and visit Lung lungcancerpro.com.